Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today I talk with Mina Khalili, an illustrator and graphic design professor at the University of Louisville. We talk about growing up being a cheerleading, jazz singing, piano playing triple threat in Alexandria, Virginia, studying abroad in Italy, her new and new daily illustration project, and more right after this. As a designer, there's nothing more frustrating than laboring over the perfect design and having a t-shirt screen printer reproduce your work as a low quality t-shirt. RealThread has the solution. RealThread creates super soft t-shirts people love to wear. RealThread has spent years perfecting an efficient and clear platform for you to be able to order the softest custom printed t-shirts you'll ever wear. RealThread is dedicated to your project with the utmost knowledge and expertise on creating super soft custom screen printed shirts. For free quotes, a quick answer to questions, and a high-res digital mock-up of your design, head over to realthread.com or simply call, email, text, or live chat with the RealThread team any day of the week. Plus, when you're ready, get up to $100 off your first order with RealThread. Just mention Creative South Podcast in the print notes at checkout or to your account executive. Are you ready to explore your creativity and meet a ton of new friends while you're doing it? Then head over to creativesouth.com right now and get your Creative South tickets. Join us April 6th through 9th in Columbus, Georgia for Creative South, where you come as friends and leave as family. We've gone through and streamlined the Creative South podcast Patreon page, cleaning out the excess and making it easier for you to support us. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. Every dollar helps cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast and become a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Jason. As I see you're wearing your Creative South hoodie. I am. Which I just noticed after we've <laughs> been talking off mic for like five minutes. <laughs> so I, I used to be a cheerleader back in high school, so uh, I'm really all about some school spirit. I'm, I'm sort of feeling that this morning for Creative South, so I, I had to rock my hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> so from cheerleader to graphic design professor, that's yeah. usually not the path that... Uh, ends up ah <laughs> uh, yes we can talk about uh tightrope walking and crossing uh crossing divides a lot this morning <laughs> that's my job awesome well why don't we start off with where'd you grow up oh i grew up in alexandria virginia which is a suburb about six minutes outside of dc well mm-hmm. six minutes if you're walking if you're driving it takes you three hours I was about to say. um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I, I grew up in the suburbs of D.C. Uh, my mom, uh, was uh, she worked for the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. She basically wrote um, a, the book of all the bills that get passed during a congressional year. Um, and she was my first foray, I think, uh, into graphic design. She would be using – she was actually doing paste-ups. Mm-hmm. While I would be at home from school on a snow day and I would watch her doing these things. She will to this day tell you it's not graphic design at all, but I know a little bit better. <laughs> um, and my my father, he owned a pork barbecue restaurant um, just outside of D.C. in Falls Church. Okay. 
Oh, if you're up in Nova and you grew up there, you sort of, you cast a wide net. I think you drive a lot and, um, and, and you sort of, are scattered all over the place. So my mom was working on the Hill. My dad had a, a restaurant in Falls Church. Um, I was basically rooted in Alexandria, and uh, I also have a brother. Um, gotcha. But we are four. We are from Alexandria. Gotcha. <laughs> so when you were growing up, since uh, we, we we talked about the cheerleading thing, were you an arty kid, or um, were you kind of bouncing around to every social circle? Um, more of a messy kid. Oh, messy kid? Isn't <laughs> yeah, that just called I, being a kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. But uh, messy and unsafe, I would say. I like to get my hands dirty. So I was pretty much dabbling in everything. Um, sure. While I was I was a cheerleader, um, I, w- I also, I guess, <laughs> I will say work my way up. I became head cheerleader. But at the same time, you know, my my mother was really supportive of the fact that I wanted to have bright red hair. So she would go and buy me hair dye and I'd be cheerleading in this blue cheerleading outfit with my silver pom poms with bright red hair and just kind um, of full patriotic in the way that you yeah, look there. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um but I think that I was just sort of into everything. So aside from cheerleading, I mean we've mentioned that a lot, but um, what was really big for me was um, singing, and I um, I was a jazz vocalist in high school. Um, I sang quite a bit more than I cheerled, and uh, I also played piano for 16 years. Um, I studied classical piano, so these are these are the probably the more artsy things that influenced me. So you're this. a true triple threat. <laughs> ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right performer singer musician is that or i don't even yeah, know something like that yeah i'll count cheerleading as dancing Done. <laughs> like, yeah well anyways <laughs> so you're, you're going through um when you when you get to college what do you do you decide to do art right away or do you like keep you're with the mess keep, keep with the messy theme and go through 17 majors Oh, no. Okay. So I'm messy, but I'm not irresponsible. So, <laughs> um, so I actually, you're asking the great questions, man. I, I went into college. Uh, I, I started college in 1999. Um, I, Oh, you're making me feel I, old. I went to, uh, <laughs> no, my students make me feel old. <laughs> um, I, I started college in 99, um, in the fall of 99. And I, and I happened to find myself in, um, one of the best art schools, um, in, in the nation. So Mm -hmm. I, I went into VCU, but I did not go in for art rather. I, I actually didn't know anything about what I wanted to do. I was undeclared. I had no, I had no clue what I was doing. In fact, my parents told me, Hey, maybe you should, you know, take a semester off or, you know, try and figure it out. Maybe you should go to the community college. It's going to cost us a lot less. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely got that. And I, and I looked at them and I said, no, no, it'll be fine. It'll work out. And, and it did. Um, I, so after my first semester in college, um, I mean, I, I didn't do fairly well. I didn't do very bad. I just was sort of like a run of the mill student, Mm -hmm. but I, I put my, um, portfolio into, uh, the, um, uh, to the VCU school of arts and I got accepted. And from that moment on my GPA soared, I was an honor student. I mean, Mm -hmm. it, it was very clear that I was doing the thing that, 
was challenging me and that I was, uh, I was finally sort of finding my niche in the visual arts. Sure. Um, did study abroad and that changed me, um, greatly. My father is a, um, Iranian, uh, uh born, <clears throat> um, sorry, born in Iran. He's American now. He's naturalized citizen back in <laughs> October of 1991. I remember the ceremony. My dad knows more about, um, our American government than I think most of us do. We had to study it. From my um, experience of talking with people, the people who are natural born or not natural born, naturalized, citizens mm -hmm. tend to know a lot more about America than natural born Americans. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so dad, uh, dad's a, an American citizen now, but, um, I, uh, I'm a first generation Iranian American. So growing up, I had an understanding that there was a world outside of America. Mm -hmm. Um, but the moment that I was able to actually study abroad and go outside of America, I mean, that, that just, that was eye-opening yeah. for me. Yeah, actual travel is uh, much better than going to Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> Not that yeah. Epcot isn't awesome. Well, I got to tell you, it's funny because when I was growing up, I, I honestly, um, it was it was really funny. When I was a kid, I would equate going to um, my parents' friends' house. We had these friends, the Majubis, and they had this wonderful food, and the, uh, there were always parties, and it was Persian music, and mm -hmm. and all of these um, sort of wonderful uh, things. Was it was Iran to me? I didn't really have a sense of what actual Iran. I still have never been, but mm -hmm. um, uh, well, they make it, it was, a little tough right now. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your worldview as a kid, you know, you're, you're oh, yeah. basically going to Iran when you when you go to your your parents' friends' house and they have all the good music and the good food and sure. dancing. And, so you know. I, I I gotta back up. So you're 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 you know your dad's Persian and mm -hmm. owns a pork restaurant. <laughs> okay. So remember I said. I, I, I walk a tightrope. I uh -huh. cross boundaries. <laughs> okay. I definitely get that from my family. Um, yeah, you can be a cheerleader and an artist. At the same time. Um, yeah, dad, uh, dad came to America. Um, his, his very brief story is he, he came to America, um, after, uh, um, being in Iran, um, and serving his time in the, um, air forces, mm -hmm. um, military as every uh, man of age must do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, he actually came over to America. He got a visa to be a student at the university of Maryland, go Terps. Mm -hmm. Um, and <laughs> my, my uncle, um, my uncle Allie got actually helped him to procure the visa and he came over and, um, he had a, he had a hot dog cart in DC. Mm -hmm. He met my mom. Um, he met my mom at the ice capades that, uh, on a, uh, random, uh, blind date, and um, the rest is actually history. So he, I think he was able to stay here <laughs> because she got married. That makes so, it easier. <laughs> yeah, they've they've been together ever since. But <laughs> I want so many, I have so many questions about just why the ice capades. So that that's <laughs> Dude, it's like the, whole, the it's a much longer story, and it's actually really quite funny. But I'll have to save that for another time. <laughs> Sounds good. So getting back to it, you're at VCU. Um, you switched to being an art major, um, and if I was smart, I would have turned off my email so it doesn't ding at me in the middle of a podcast recording. <laughs> um, so. You know, are, are you doing just kind of generalized art studies at that point, or do you kind mm -hmm. of jump right yeah. into graphic design? 
Uh, well, I did not study graphic design in my undergrad at oh, all. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I, uh, they sort of put you through the ringer for a year. You have to take, um, what's called foundations, art foundations, also called AFO. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you do that for a year. And then at the end of that year, you have to apply to get into any of the one or any of the majors that you would like to go be in. And I applied to communication arts and design, which at the time was, uh, this is when Phil Meggs was teaching, um, and, uh, he was teaching uh, history of graphic design and a few other classes at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I desperately wanted to take his courses. Um, but I found myself, um, once I was accepted into communication arts and design, I found myself gravitating more toward the illustration track, Mm -hmm. um, and now that is its own separate track at BCU, but um, but before it was it was sort of all a part of uh, graphic design and, and illustration. They were all sort of one. Um, so I I stayed in graphic. I'm sorry, I stayed in illustration, um, and it was it was really really fulfilling. And that was uh, my final years at um, at BCU. And during that time, I did um, get to study at the Lorenzo de Medici School in Florence, Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, like I said, very eye-opening <clears throat> for me. Well, well let's but talk my, about that for just a second. Um, sure. I obviously, finish what you were saying. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But oh no, that's <laughs> fine. Um, I was just going to uh, say that my instructors at in the illustration um, school was it was um, Robert McGank and Sterling Hunley, mm-hmm. um, George Pratt, um, Eisner Award winner, um, and so there were these incredible people that were teaching there, and um, and I knew that at that point that I I sort of picked the right thing. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing your study abroad program to get to that, what you know, what was that experience like? <laughs> oh wow. Um, it was a whirlwind and it was liberating and, um, uh, fun. I think it was where I really found my independence because I understood I could travel and things would happen, but everything would sort of be okay. Um, I think, uh, let's see, we had a, we had a professor, um, that was teaching us, um, drawing Mm -hmm. and she didn't really speak much English. Um, so that was a really interesting everyday daily, um, uh, visual conversations that we would sort of have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, she would play one, uh, one song over and over in studio classes, which was Van Morrison's brown eyed girl. <laughs> so every oh, time I hear God. that song. You know, sadly, I, when you said she'd play one song over and over, there were like three songs that popped into my head and that was one of them. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, because that's, I mean, that's, For the no matter energy. where you go, no matter what bar you're in, no matter what restaurant you're in, no matter where you are in the country, you're either going to hear Margaritaville, <laughs> Brown Eyed Girl. Or, or Neil Diamond. Yeah, yeah, Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Those were the three songs that popped into my head. Um <laughs> That's so, good. That's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, because those are the three songs that you hear no matter where you are in this country or where you you know where you go, kind of in the world that people try to relate. So, so here's a funny story about being in Italy. Um, so we we were all there, and it was base. It was the summer. I was there uh, for for the the summer session um, in 2003. Um, I'm actually going to be going back there again uh, this coming uh, summer, um, hopefully to teach. I'm still waiting for that grant to come through. But um, my 
fiance um, is teaching, and so we're both going to go. Um, you almost said boyfriend. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's new enough that it's forgivable. So. Oh, no, it's, it's, but um, yeah. So the funny thing about that is when I was there in 2003 studying, he was there. Mm-hmm. I, I and this is one of the things that we we will we still bond over. But he was there. Um, he had just graduated from uh, his undergrad. <clears throat> I believe it was his undergrad. Um, he had just graduated, and um, and he was there, sort of celebrating the fact that he had graduated. His mm-hmm. mom gave him a ticket um, to go to Italy, and he did. And the only reason we know that is because we both were at the same um, Caravaggio show. Oh, awesome! Oh, awesome mentioned it once and he said wait i was at that show and we dug into it and there you go we, we were both there at the same time we had no idea <laughs> wide world <clears throat> it's uh interesting paths of not crossing there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so so you're, you you study abroad um you know th- that experience you know kind of helps shape you and all that when you get back stateside um at at what point do you decide to pursue your mfa Mm. well um well and sorry to interrupt um because generally you know for art majors if you're doing an mfa you have a specific goal in mind it's to teach because other than that it doesn't really do much for you other than rack up a lot of student debt Right, right, right. And, and I, I would, I would try and I always try to get my students to not have to pay for their masters, by the way. That's that's something that you always want to try and do. But, um, yeah, when I, when I got back, um, I had a year and then I graduated, um, a a year or two. And then I graduated, uh, with my, uh, BFA, I went straight into, Oh my God, what the fuck did I just do mode? Um, I just graduated with a BFA. I have got no prospects. I'm an illustrator. Um, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to earn a living. I'm an illustrator, Um, but I have no idea how to find illustration jobs. Right. So I, um, I actually went to the Illustration Academy, <clears throat> which is a, um, at the time, I'm not sure if they're, they're still sort of structured this way, but the Illustration Academy um, was or is a, um, a, a a sort of it was at the time seven weeks, seven days a week, sort of 24 hours a day. Um, uh, you're being taught by um, sort of Brent Watkinson and um, Chris Payne and Gary Kelly and Anita Coons and all of these renowned illustrators um, that they would come in and they, they sort of teach you um, and you have a project a week. Sure. And so I did that and I learned a lot about business and a lot about freelance and a lot about deadlines. Basically everything that I learned over the course of my four years in um, college was condensed down into, um, just several weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I did this, um, and that really helped me to figure out how I was going to put myself out there to get work, um, Mm -hmm. as a, as an illustrator, I failed miserably. Um, I, (laughs) yeah, I did not do well at all. And, and I had to eat, I mean, it was just humble pie every day for dinner. And, um, I really, I got used to it. So I felt like I didn't really have much to lose. So I started 
teaching myself how to code. I learned how, I learned how to code websites back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of, you know, learning what Dreamweaver, you know, was going to show me at the time. I, I mean, know that was, path well. Different world. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did that. I started getting interviews. Um, I had an interview on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, that was an interesting experience. You go through several interviews and, um, you, you learn how to address Congress people. Um, and that, that's a, that's a really interesting story, but, um, I'm sorry, you learn how to address them wouldn't be, you learn how to address them. Um, it's not just, you you know, you certainly don't call them by their first name when they walk into a room, you address them as congressperson, such and such. Um, that part I got, (laughs) you sit, you sit a certain way, you sort of, you, you keep, you, you make sure to, I mean, there's almost like a cotillion to it. I, you know, there's, there's just a, like an etiquette to, um, you stop acting uh, like a normal human being. Yeah. Yeah. And and they, they sort of, um, well, I guess maybe I shouldn't talk too much about this, <laughs> but, uh, they, they want to make sure that you're on their team. Right. Um, so that's sort of what makes that, um, that interview process so interesting because you are really sort of put to a lot of questions about your beliefs and about, you know, uh, what you're comfortable with. And, um, it's really sort of fascinating, but I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll stay away from po- uh, as much yeah, politics exactly. as possible, especially right now. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people are still angry. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. So I, I, I taught myself how to code. I started creating uh, websites. Um, I've started mo- moonlighting um, sure. as a freelance website de- web designer. Um, and that did really well for me. I finally, um, I... I got myself uh, into a position where I was a consultant designer for several different um, firms in Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. um, and in Washington, D.C. Um, and then I finally found myself with a full-time job with benefits, and um, I was 24 at yeah 24, and it felt really good. So I kept moonlighting as a web designer, but I um, I was a print designer by day. Um, that and, and happy from, to have health yes. insurance. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I stayed in that position for about three years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, during that time, I felt really unchallenged. Um, I I knew that I had something to say. I knew that there was something bigger that I wanted to do with my life, um, and I thought, well, if I do anything, I should. I should go and get a master's um, mm-hmm. because that will open up a lot of options for me. And so I did. I actually was in a position where I couldn't leave Richmond. And so I thought, well, I'll go ahead and apply to VCU Arts and I'll do an MFA and I'll do graphic design, which mm-hmm. is not what I had done in my um, BFA. Sure. And I was accepted, and which is I think difficult to do. Um, uh, having applied to grad school at VCU, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. granted, this was about the time you were graduating that I was applying to grad sure. school there. But sure. yeah, I got turned down <laughs> twice. <laughs> oh, <God>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so so that started this whole thing that I I, I realized that. Um, during that time I was able to teach. And so I, I started to teach. Mm-hmm. 
I realized I was really freaking good at it. I, I, I was, I was all right as a designer. I was all right trying to figure out what my, what my, um, vision was. Um, but the, the amount of excitement and, um, uh, uh sort of just, I don't know. I, I just really liked teaching. Sure. <laughs> I really liked it and I got a lot back from it. Um, I was learning from the students, students were learning from me and I, I felt like I was being useful. Um, so I, I started teaching there in, at VCU in grad school and, um, that opened up a lot of doors. Um, once I was done with my grad career, mm-hmm. um, I went back to practice full time. Um, I did that for about a year before I got my first tenure track position. Um, and I left agency work and I went straight into uh, my first tenure track position at Virginia state university. You, you end up teaching still in your home state. Mm-hmm. Um, how long do you stay at Virginia State? So I was at Virginia State for about three and a half, four years. Uh-huh. Um, and I would have I would have gone up for tenure had I not left and went to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I decided to leave uh, Richmond and Virginia. Um, it was not an easy decision sure. uh, by any stretch. Um, uh, but I decided to uh, move to Nashville, um, and I, I and, took a and position. And why Nashville? Was it just because that's where a job was, or was there a specific uh, goal? There was a job there. So um, there was a job there, and it just so happened that my now fiancé was living there. So we decided to make this move, that we were going to move in together. At that time, he was in Nashville, and I was in Richmond, and we were long distance. See, we met at an art conference because we're giant nerds that way. <laughs> so we actually didn't live in the same in the same area. So I moved into Nashville um, mm-hmm. to take this position and to um, see where this went uh, between he and I. So far, it seems it to be a, going well. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> um, so we we uh, I, I moved into Nashville. I loved it there. Middle Tennessee State University was a great place to work. Um, the students I. I still keep in contact with all of them. It was a wonderful place. Um, but during my first semester there, I, uh, I had heard about this position at university of Louisville. Mm -hmm. University of Louisville is a research one institution. There's a lot of support for, um, there's a lot of support for designers to create outside of their teaching duties. Well, it has an incredible Uh, art program up there. So and we do. We really do. The Height Art Institute is a fantastic program. Um, we have everything from glass sculpture, um, fibers. Um, we have graphic design, of course. We have interior design. We have uh, drawing and painting. We, we have the gamut there. And it's all under one roof. So mm-hmm. you're really able to um, commingle, I guess. Um, the interior designers are able to see what the graphic designers are doing. The graphic designers are able to see what the printmaking students are doing. And I think that that is, is clearly a relationship that, um, that there is a relationship there, that being able to see that is great for these students. Sure. And so um, I decided uh, to apply, and I and I got the interview. And um, I mean, it was lightning quick. Uh, they they took they decided to bring me on board, and I decided to accept. Um, and so here we go with another move. <laughs> <laughs> so, A year uh, later, you're <laughs> somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, 
almost less than a year later, <laughs> we're here in Louisville. And um, and for Brent, it's great because uh, uh, my partner, because he he's actually a Louisvillian, so he wound oh, up really? going. Home, yeah, um, and for me, it's great because I, I severely, like I said, leaving Richmond was really difficult. But Louisville is a river city; it reminds me a lot of Richmond. Um, and uh, it, well, there's a lot of um, it's a it's a great little urban area. It's super weird, and mm-hmm. I I love that about it. And um, and I've chosen to sort of celebrate it um, with this project that I've been working on called New and Lou. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so new and Lou was sort of born out of, uh, my, my move here, not knowing anything. And, and yet again, here I've moved and I've been uprooted twice in a year and I've sort of gotten myself in a new, a new place. And I, I guess it was about three weeks into my move here. I felt like I need to create something. I was getting that itch and I didn't really, have uh, an outlet for that. It was June of this year, 2016, and I really needed to sort of filter this energy into something. And I have to sort of step back here and mention that um, before all of this, uh, during my time in grad school, me and a group of my best friends would get on our motorcycles and just take to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So we would take about 10 uh, 10 days, put our, uh, our camping gear on our back racks. Um, we had one girlfriend who would drive a van. She was our support vehicle if we needed it. Um, but we would take she to got the to road. enjoy air conditioning. She did. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was always in the summer. So yeah, she, she got to enjoy air conditioning and shelter if it was raining. We, on the other hand, um, <laughs> were, were riding in whatever weather. Um, so we would go days and days of writing. We would, um, we would camp. It was, it was fantastic fun. And during the entire time I would draw, uh, I would take a moleskin sketchbook and I would just draw the, the whole thing I would write. And it was, a, it was a travelogue. Sure. Um, I have to mention that I'm, I'm really inspired by, um, the illustrator Baron's story. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen him speak and I'm, um, I enjoy his work very much. Um, I find it very inspirational and, um, it, it helps me to understand a little bit of how and why, uh, I'm, I'm trying to recount for these days, um, with the, with the writing and the illustration. And so I, I was doing that for, you know, for days and days and we would do this every year. So there was once where we would go to the mountains, once where we would go to the um, the beach, and we would be riding. Our it was a Motley Crew. I I rode a uh, a Stella, which is a Vespa PX, 1981 Vespa PX. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends riding Harleys, um, uh, Yamahas, BMW bikes, but we were basically this Motley Crew of of riders. And, um, uh, me being the least intimidating of all in a light blue, um, Vespa, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was, it was sort of, I started to think about that when I moved here and I, I started to realize that the best way that I learned about these areas, um, on the East coast, um, or in Richmond, um, or Nashville, no matter where I was, the best way for me to learn about these areas and become familiar with them, um, was through drawing them. 
Sure. And so I began this project called New and Lou. Um, it is a 365 day project. God help me. Um, I've taken on. Uh, so I well, do yeah, a after a year, day. you're not new there anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that was the whole reason. I was like, oh, I could do 100 days. Nope, I'm still new here. At or after 100 days, I'm actually like on 100. 40 now, I think so. Mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm still feeling quite new. So hundred days wouldn't have done it. So it's a 365 project and, um, I'm, I'm drawing each day, uh, a new place or a new thing that I've seen. And, um, I have a, an Instagram for it called new and Lou 365. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's become a, a, a bit of a, um, a bit of a thing here. There, there are lots of people who enjoy it. I've noticed that, that follow it daily. Um, and that, that definitely warms my heart a little bit, but for me, it's, it's just a sort of a daily practice to one, learn about my new place. <laughs> I've decided to buy a house and live in. I, I don't believe I'm going to move anytime soon. Um, and two, to get back into the daily habit of drawing, because as a designer, I've sort of come away from that a bit. I've been, uh, not been illustrating very much. I've been mostly working with type and image. Um, so this gets me back into that, uh, working with my hands that I preach to my students, uh, is important. <laughs> so practicing what you preach and so you know, for people who haven't seen kind of the style of it, how would you describe the style of New and Luke? Because it, it it has a very specific style. How would you describe it, Jason? <laughs> um, collage meets sepia tone. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was going to say something about collage. I like the sepia tone. Um yeah, it's it's uh, it's quick. I only give myself about thirty to forty five minutes a day to sure. do this to do each illustration. Um, the illustrations are about three by five, and they exist in accordion fold format. So they um, they exist by themselves in the image that you see every day mm -hmm. on the Instagram, but they exist as uh, as they should in book form in a linear format to sort of tell the sequence of time. Um, so that's, uh, in the end when, whenever this work is published and whenever this work is shown, um, gallery setting or what have you, it, it will be shown, um, in a linear format. Um, and, and that's sort of why I've done it that way. So that's, that's something I was going to ask you because the, you know, from, from following it and keeping up with it, it does definitely seem like it's something that is meant to be shown. And, and I mean that in more in the in a actual physical sense shown versus just on the web. Cause I mean, we can, you know, it's the great democratizer, but it also, you know, sometimes evens things out a little too much. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see that you kind of went in that into it. Well, I don't know if you went into it with that goal, but at some point found out that, showing it would be a good way to present the work because I think it does speak as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, that's the ultimate goal is to have it printed and uh, as well as shown. Cool. So, yeah. Once I get there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to your thoughts on how you would like to show it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we'll have to circle <laughs> back to that, man. Haven't gotten that far? Well, I mean, yeah. I can see with like the accordion fold is, you know, 
you know, you could do two formats where you have it literally laid out in a book format with the accordion fold, but you could also do, you know, scale it up in a more digital thing and do do kind of an accordion style wall. So yeah. where you see the entire wall and then you have the individual ones kind of focus more. So that would be an interesting way to take up space with it. I'm really looking forward to it. I and, and of course, I don't know what it looks like. And what you're saying are a lot of the things that are going through my head about it. Like, what's the format? And I think that that's one of the things that gets me so excited about a project like this is that I'm in the middle of it right now. So I can't really pan out, see the forest for the trees. I'm still in the middle of it and I'm working inside of it. Um, and once it gets to the point where, you know, we're coming out of it or we've gotten out outside of it, then we can sort of take a look at the breadth of it and say, okay, the format that is best for this particular work, right? What, what the form and the function, how, how is this going to work? Sure. Um, that's, that's what gets me so excited about it. But right now inside of it, working on it, it's like, Oh God. I mean, I feel like I'm running a marathon. <laughs> Some days I'm thinking, can I really get this done today? It is, it is not, it's not an easy task to take on. Even if it's 30 minutes a day, um, it really does ground you. <laughs> I mean, do you feel overwhelmed by it at points? I think I get overwhelmed by my day. Um, sometimes I've lived many lives. I've, mm -hmm. I've gone through many failures in my life. Um, personal, uh, relationship failures, uh, divorce. Um, but I, I think that going through all of those failures sets me up to say today, I am not going to fail. Not on this, <laughs> not for me. It's not going to happen. Sure. Um, so I think that that really does help me to sort of push through. Um, even if I feel like I'm running in wet sand, um, mm -hmm. it, it does, it does get done, but uh, some days are just harder than others. You know, you've got lots of grading to do with your student work and you never want to just, um, be surface or shallow with that. You really want to give them as much as you can of yourself. Um, and then that is your that, job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, you're, you're working, you know, you're working as your own designer and you're, you're sort of, uh, running your own practice that, that, that stuff definitely does. Um, it does get you uh, in a framework where you have to schedule each minute of the day. I won't say that it's impossible or that it it sort of um, makes you you know just want to quit or anything like that. I think if that happens, then you might be in the long, wrong line of work. But um, for me, it's a challenge that I I love. It's similar to having gone into my first semester as a freshman at VCU and um, you know not not knowing what I was going to do, but knowing that, you know, I needed to be challenged. And once I became challenged, it worked out. I was an honor student. It, it worked out for me. And that's, that's sort of what I feel when I'm, when I'm looking at the schedule and saying, okay, sure. These are all of the things that I have to do today. I have to, I have to figure this out because I love this challenge. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, speaking of the challenge of that, and th and this will get back into kind of teaching as well. Do you think that side projects and the challenges that come with those are an important part of learning and growth, and and something that people should take on? Absolutely, absolutely. My, I, as a as a professor, if I'm not doing these things, so uh -huh. if we're just taking one side of that coin. If 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 I'm not doing these things as somebody who's teaching graphic design, I teach web, I teach print, 
Um, I teach, you know, type one, I teach the freshman 2d course. Um, if I'm not doing these things, I have to question for myself the validity or the, the, the uh, sort of, yeah, some of the things that I'm saying, um, you know, you are, our particular discipline is moving at such a rapid pace. Um, we've got a lot of different languages that we're working with. We mm-hmm. have um, a lot of different media that we're working with, and it's constantly changing. It's constantly upgrading. Um, and because of that, I think that these challenges, these daily challenges or these um, work challenges outside of teaching are imperative to what it is that I do in the classroom. Do you, I mean, is this something that you would tell your students to do as well Is you know, you, you're, you're working on this and you're putting your full effort into this, but when you get to a sticking point, go do something else, break yourself free from that. Uh, I, I think that it's really important to step back from the work. Sure. Um, yeah, I really do. I really do. But I will always tell my students, go really, really, really far. Go nuts. Go as crazy as you possibly can. And once you've gotten there, I will start bringing you back. Mm-hmm. But to to not have the content, my students generate all their own content. I don't give them content. Like if they're setting a, if they're creating a um, sort of a, a book or, or um, spreads just to practice that long form text and the headers and the subheaders and all, all of that stuff, they have to generate their own content. So I'm making them write. I'm making them go past what it is they feel comfortable with. So you're not so letting that, them use Lorem Ipsum? No. No. Nope. <laughs> sure not. I mean, if, if uh, as a placeholder, like FPO, it, that's fine. Sure. But I think. But that, not for finalized pieces. But not for final pieces. No. Gotcha. Liberal arts education. Yeah. Liberal arts education. I wish my professors had done that. You know, in retrospect at the time, I'm probably would have killed them for (laughs) making me do that. But (laughs) yeah, let me tell you how they, they don't love it. (laughs) They really don't love it, but they, they appreciate it. I think in the end. Well, when you do that, are you giving, I mean, how specific are the parameters that you give them to, work within to help them at least in that area because i think with content like visuals you can go way out in the left field and do that but you know as as someone who has worked in you know the industry for nearly 20 years now when it comes to content you have to have a strict set of parameters because going off in left field on content versus visuals can make things really disjointed so. Right, right. So the the students that I have, we'll just take the um, type one students sure. for example. Um, they they read and write for me every week, and it is say the very end of the semester. Now um, they're designing a process book that um, that incorporates all of their images, all of their writing, all of their basically everything throughout the semester, their entire process and progress throughout the semester, um, and they have to set this all into a book. They have to create their own publication. So the content that they are pulling from mm-hmm. is their weekly blog posts. Okay. So the writing that they've done matches specifically to the content that they're, sh- the, sorry, the imagery that they're showing. So there is a, there, there is absolutely a connection there between okay. those things. Yeah. That makes sense. That's, yeah. I, I think that's a 
good, useful tool for when they get out in the real world as well. Because a lot of times you see this, and I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm putting fault on this, but you see this disparity between how things work in the university setting versus how things work in the real world. And there's not a whole lot of middle ground. So like when you were talking about when you were in college and doing your undergrad work that, you know, it wasn't until you took that seven week course that you figured out how you were going to get jobs, how you were going to do stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, that's not something that's generally taught. Um, and, and you not to get into this whole discussion about, you know, where things fail and where things succeed. But I, I think that's a, I think that's a big thing that's lacking in a lot of university settings is, you know, the whole point of going through college is to get not just to learn, but when you get out of school to be prepared for it. And yeah. there's a lot of times a large section. I know I, when I went through college, I wasn't prepared for when I left work. I learned more my first year working for doing prepress for a printer. Um, That's a great job. I tell my students to do pre-press or work for a print shop. Oh, yeah. If they That's a great job. I highly recommend you try to do it while you're in college, though, because <laughs> when you get out of college, you still have that idealism where this is not the job that you want to be doing because you're not getting to be creative. I mean, yeah. there are people out there who absolutely love it, and that's, you know, the greatest thing to them. Um, and I, I can see aspects of it because there are puzzle pieces that are lots of fun to put together with it. But yeah, there's, yeah there's, I worked yeah. pre-press. I, I did work pre-press. It helped me immensely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it. I, I think, at least for me, I hate the phrase, think outside the box. Because that's just that's overwhelming to me. That's that's I have no parameters. I've got nothing to base it off of. I don't know where to start. I'm just going to be paralyzed with inaction. We call that analysis paralysis. Yes, exactly. I was about to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, the box is abstract. If you don't know how large or how small it is. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, is there a cat that's alive in there? Is there? A oh, Schrodinger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a nerd. Um, I freely admit it. Um, at least you got the joke. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, having those parameters set up knows where I can push the boundaries, and I know where I can break the boundaries where I need to, and but it also restrains me from going too far out there, and ending up as David Carson, you know, <laughs> I'll say it. Look, it's been we 25 were just years in a project together. So I can't, I'm not going to talk about David Carson. I, well, I'll talk about it. It's been 25 years. He hasn't changed things yet. <laughs> Ray gun was cool. 25 years ago. Mm, yeah. So anywho, to, to save yourself there. <laughs> But. Well, well I, I will speak to the fact that you mentioned that you wish your your professors had done that or, or that, you know, sure. preparing for the, the students for when they get out. I think um, I, I think that our our program at U of L is is really, really good at that. Over 80 percent of our students are in active internships. Um, they the program really uh, pushes to to provide students with as much information as they um, can uh, get. 
uh, prior to going out there in the real world. I always put that in air quotes because we are already in the real world. But right. I will say the my students. World. How about that? Yeah, there you go. The working world. Thank you. I mean, they're working here too, but I don't know how we would put it. But um, they, <laughs> getting paid for it. <laughs> it is. It is definitely uh, not an easy task to be the teacher behind that push. Sure. I will tell you that right now. And so when you know it, it, it takes it takes a strong back and um, a thick skin uh, to to be the the professor behind that push. And a lot of bourbon. <laughs> we are in Louisville. That's why I made it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got a lot of good choices where you're at, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a big kombucha drinker, but uh, bourbon I hear is really, really good. Okay, here. you're talking zero point zero 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 five percent alcohol mixed with. Yeah vinegar essentially yeah but i love the fact that it's on tap here so if you don't want to drink you can just have a kombucha <laughs> seriously yeah huh. it's on tap here isn't that great i don't know i, I, live, don't know. I live in a suburb outside of mobile alabama we are not known for our progressive ways on things though right. i will say when i lived in kentucky um and then we talked about this before on air because i went to high school in kentucky um louisville was not a progressive city at all <laughs> Well, it's different. That's yeah. for sure now. I mean, there were pockets like right around the university was, but the rest of it hadn't caught up and it seems to have caught up quite a bit more now. We are actually branching. Uh, so we have a, an MFA program now at the mm -hmm. height um, and uh, we are branching out into um, Portland. Do you, do you know that area? Are you familiar with that area? Vaguely. Yeah, it's basically the area that flooded. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That's as much as I knew about it. So, yeah. So, um, we have a giant uh, studio space out there now that's going to be the, basically the big home to our uh, master's program, to our graduate mm -hmm. program. Um, and, and I think that that just speaks to the way that Louisville is, um, is going. Uh, mm -hmm. They're, they're very invested in the arts here. And I, I really, I just love that about this city. Yeah. Well, that was, I will say, one thing that Louisville had going for it when I lived up in that area is they were still very invested in the arts. So it was you you could see it coming around to that point. And, and speaking of uh, of the teaching aspect of things, sure. um, one, one other thing that I, I want to mention that I push the students and like I said, it takes a strong back and a thick skin to be the professor behind that push um, and you know, shout out to all my professors that are doing it. I know it's hard work. Um, the, um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, oh crud. I lost my train of thought on that one. Oh, I should have written it down. <laughs> uh, up and coming progressive. No, I've, I've, I've forgotten it. That's okay. <laughs> MFA program. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's gone. Jason, oh, it's gone. All right. Well, <laughs> so, you know, you, you've, you're, you're still new to Louisville. Um, mm -hmm. you're working on this illustration project, you're teaching your ass off. Um, you know, what else is on the horizon for you? What are you, what are you wanting to do within the next year? Well, I'll, I'll keep um, it short. I won't do the five year. What's the five year plan for you but we'll do the what in the next year 
Um, well, man, well, I was, I've been really fortunate this year. Uh, I, I want to mention that because I, I was able to teach, I'm sorry, I was able to, to speak at, at Creative South this mm-hmm. year. I was able to, um, have my work, um, shown on, uh, through the type hike project. Um, I was able to have my work shown on dwell and, um, and FASCO design mm-hmm. and, um, communication arts magazine online and in print. And so I, I feel like this year has been um, a really exciting, um, really wonderful, tough, but a wonderful year um, for my career. Sure. Um, so I think that, you know, where, where I'm sort of moving now, um, I, I don't see... I don't see a horizon, man. I, I really, I feel like I'm so inside of it. I feel like I'm, I'm in such a, a place of making and creation and I'm just trying to be as prolific as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that all I can think of is to create and to create and to make and to put that work, um, out there. So that's really what I'm, what I'm about right now. Gotcha. Um, and I think any professor understands, you know, when you're in the quest for tenure and you're trying to retain your sanity, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's part of what you're doing is you're just creating a lot and you're writing a lot and you're putting it out there. Um, in between some point I'm going to get married and that's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, and, so are you um, planning on doing that this year or are you going to take your time on that? Since you uh, just I, got engaged like what, three, four weeks ago? No, two weeks ago. Two weeks <laughs> yes. ago. Okay. See, I'm, I think it, yeah. it was Halloween. So, uh, okay. or that weekend. Um, yeah, we're we're. I don't think we're gonna take our time. I think we're just so into each other. We're we're just gonna. <laughs> I mean, we're just gonna go. Let's for get it. it over with. Yeah, let's get it over with. Um, but but I think as far as as far as my career goes, um, I'm I'm really excited uh, to to just get more work out there. <clears throat> and to speak more, um, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, putting more, um, I guess papers out there to present, um, in this coming year. Um, another great thing is my, my partner, fiance Brent and I are collaborators. So he is a drawing and painting, um, professor. He just got tenure this year, um, at Western Kentucky university. And so Wait, the so two of us, how is that working? Cause that's Bowling Green. That's Two yeah. hours away from Louisville. He is a wonderful man um, who decided to take on that that trip uh, two days a week. <laughs> oh, well, at least it's only two days a week that he's got to do that because otherwise that would be tough. I mean, not I that work, it's not tough as it is, but. Yeah, I, I work with a woman uh, who lives in Chicago and she teaches full time at, at UofL. So uh, people are doing it. Um, Okay, Chicago's even tougher because that's seven hours away. <laughs> it, no, it's it's, no, five it's hours. three, three and a half, four. Eh. But oh. if you make you might drive better than I do. <laughs> it sounds like I you do. drive a lot faster than I do, and I thought I drove fairly decent there. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyhow, we we've been collaborating on some work together, and so our students have been collaborating. The graphic designers and the um, the uh, the painting and drawing uh, drawing students have been um, collaborating on work together. So uh, we have a 
an essay that's coming out um, with Cambridge Scholars Publishing um, mm-hmm. at the end of this year that's regarding collaboration in drawing and painting and graphic design. Um, so there's just a lot of work that that I'm creating, some of it uh, with him, most of it on my own <laughs> and with the help of this fine city. Um, but yeah, I think it's really right now, it's just about creating and making and putting it out there. I'm awesome. excited to see what happens. <laughs> Very cool. Well, so you mentioned something that I wanted to ask you about and then forgot until you brought it back up again is Type Hike. Tell me about yeah. that. Oh, Type Hike is a great project. It was started by um, uh, James Walker and David. And I'm going to butcher his last name, but it's I think it's Rigel. I'm terrible at this, but they're both um, uh, they're both from husbandmen. Um and they created this project um, that basically is an homage to the uh, national parks and the national park system. So they reached out to 60, uh, 59 designers um, and one for each uh, national park. And we basically got to pick the park that we wanted to design a 24 by 36 poster for. We designed it. Um, and they are hosting them currently on their website. You can buy the posters. You can buy postcards of the posters. The posters are being shown in um, areas in California and Oregon. The posters um, currently uh, have made enough money that we've now broken even on the project. And Mm -hmm. every bit of money is now going back to the NPS, back to the National Park System. It's a really exciting project. Some of the designers um, include uh, your friend David Carson, um, (laughs) (laughs) Jessica Hish, um, uh, OMFG Co., um, myself. There are a couple other Creative South folks that are involved in it. Uh, or people that have been to Creative South that are involved in it. Um, so it's it's a really large project. It's at typehike.com, um, T-Y-P-E-H-I-K-E.com. And so, yeah. <laughs> I like that you had to stop yourself on how type was spelled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, it's a, there's a Y and an I and a, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what park did you pick? Lassen Volcanic National Park in California. Nice. Yeah. I'm, a lot of my design work um, has to do with projections and, um, and uh, type, typographic projections. And sure. so um, that worked really well for my particular aesthetic. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're getting kind of close to our time here. So wrapping up, where can people find you online? Oh, I'm at Nina Kalili um, on Instagram, on Dribble, and on Twitter. Pretty easy. So it's M as in Mary, E-E-N as in Nancy, A-K-H-A-L-I-L-I on all of those three socials. Cool. And we'll link to all of that stuff in the show notes as well so people can uh, not have to worry about spelling. And <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, and, and MinaKalili.com is clearly the same. <laughs> yes. Type hike might change up. Um. <laughs> yeah. See. Y-P-E. <laughs> <laughs> Mina, thank you so much for taking time this morning to chat with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jason. This is wonderful. So you've been to Creative South. Um, we end every podcast by saying go out and hug some necks, which is basically just go out, make friends, and have some. Would you mind uh, taking us out by saying that? Oh, I sure, I sure wouldn't mind that at all. All right, guys, go out and hug some necks. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks again, Mina. 
All right. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one. You too. Mina Khalili, and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with her. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod, and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Head over to RealThread.com today and tell them Creative South Podcast sent you in the checkout. Or when you talk to your account executive to get up to $100 off your next order. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. Don't forget to head over to CreativeSouthGA.com right now to pick up your tickets for Creative South in April of 2017. We're looking forward to seeing you there and hugging some necks. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creative south. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.